Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. Um, hopefully you guys are having a great day. Um, I, I just wanted to come on um, just kind of really quickly. It'll be a short um, podcast and just talk about one of my favorite creative financing strategies. Um, I often get asked about creative financing strategies and what, what are the alternatives to actually going out getting financing. And there's a number of different strategies um, from lease options. And I'll talk about lease options on, on another podcast, um, seller financing. But my favorite is subject to. That's my favorite strategy of, of all strategies, even the traditional way of buying um, property. Subject to is my, my favorite. Um, and it's primarily my favorite because you're, you're not really putting up much of any money you're definitely not going out getting a loan um, for the property you're going to use the seller's existing loan so you're buying the property subject to the existing mortgage and so you're not going out getting a mortgage so a lot of investors a lot of people who want to get into investing uh, one of the reasons they don't or their excuse not to is because they don't have the money to invest or they don't have the credit to invest um, with creative financing strategies and subject to, you don't have to, you don't have, you don't need to have any, any, well, you need some money. Don't have, you could have terrible credit. No one's checking your credit on a subject to, let me give you an example. So what, one of my, um, what, one of my investors was making some phone calls calling a uh, pre foreclosure list. And she'll, she, she called the list. She got a hold of a, a young lady who house was getting ready to go to foreclosure. So she made an appointment to meet with her, I actually went to the appointment for her. And as I was talking to um, the lady looking at her house, the house was in fairly good condition. Didn't leave, need that much money. I mean, $20,000 worth of work, just cosmetics. Um, she told me that the house is going to foreclosure, I think at the time in, in like three weeks. It's going to foreclosure in three weeks. She was about six months behind in, in her mortgage. She was crying. She didn't know what to do. She had a place to move to. She's going to move um, with a family member, but she just didn't want her house to foreclose. She didn't want her stuff put out on the streets. Um, when I looked at the numbers, I ran my formula, the Mayo formula. The numbers was just really tight. So what I proposed to her was I'll take over the mortgage and bring the mortgage current. And when I did my numbers, all the numbers kind of fit neatly into my formula. Um, I'll bring your mortgage current. I'll put that payment on, on top of the mortgage when I do my numbers. I'll bring it current. I will make your payments until I finish renovating the property. Um, you're going to move out. And then once I finish renovating the property, you're going to come back to settlement because the house is still in your name and you're going to sign the settlement documents. Now, I'm going to pay you. In this case, I paid her $5,000 to sign the contract and move out. Then I was to pay her another $5,000 for coming back and going to settlement and signing off on all the documents, the settlement statements, things like that, where she thought she wasn't going to make any money in her, in her, in her um, property, her assets, her things are going to be put out on the street. She was actually, she actually stood to save her credit, not having a foreclosure on her credit and making $10,000. So she agreed to do that. 
kind of at, at my surprise, she, she agreed to do that. And so I prepared the documents. I had um, my attorney prepare a subject to contract, took it over to her. She read through it. I just, I made sure I did all of my due diligence. Um, we did a title search. There was no liens on the property, no judgments on the property. Um, I just, I checked everything. I, we, we, um, we, we checked her mortgage balance, um, her mortgage payment. We verified all of those things and all of those things checked out. She wasn't in an HOA, so I didn't have to check the, uh, whether she owed HOA dues or not. So I checked everything and everything checked out. And so she signed the agreement. She signed the agreement. I gave her $5,000 um, on the same day that she moved out. Her family came over and moved her out. And then we went in, my crew went in, in there and totally, not totally renovated the property because it only needed um, cosmetic work. We renovated the property, took us about um, 30 days. And then we put the property on the market. Now, in the subject to agreement, she also agreed to allow us to list the property. So we list the property. She signed a listing agreement. We disclosed to her that we were, um, that, you know, I owned a real estate brokerage. <clears throat> so we disclosed to her in writing and we had a house on the market for a couple weeks, got a buyer. Um, we went through home inspection, buyer asked for a few items. We went over and fixed those items. And then we got to settlement. We gave her a call. She actually came to settlement and signed the documents. On the settlement statement on the HUD-1, it had $5,000 for her and the remainder of the profit. There was a, a line item for my um, investment company. In this case, it was $70,000. So I made $70,000. She made the $5,000 and she was happy. Um, that's an example of, of a subject to deal. And I've got lots of cases and we'll go over some more um, as we go. But that's subject to. So whenever 100% of the time, whenever I I'm offered a property or offered to look at a property or want to buy an investment property, a hundred percent of the time, I try to look to see if I can buy the property subject to the existing mortgage and not have to go out and get a mortgage. A hundred percent of the time, um, that's what I do. Um, and so that's subject to. So the kind of the clear definition of subject to is <clears throat> buying the property subject to the existing mortgage. We're going to leave this existing mortgage on the property. Then we're going to take over the mortgage payments. And then when we go to sell the property, um, the proceeds from the flip. Um, I mean, uh, so when we go to sell the property um, from what the buyer is buying the property for, we're going to pay off the mortgage. That's subject to. And that's a strategy that you guys should be using as real estate investors, as real estate agents. Oftentimes you're going to list properties that uh, maybe the seller's going to um, going through divorce, um, pre-foreclosure. There's a, a, a list of reasons why sellers want to sell. You want to start thinking about before you list the property, say to them, hey, I'm, I'm a real estate investor. I can buy your property subject to the existing mortgage, you know, as long as, you know, the numbers work for me and the numbers work for you. And so when I was selling a lot of real estate, I was probably buying at least, 
especially during what I call the heyday of real estate from 2001 to 2006, probably one, one a month, I was buying subject to the existing mortgage. And that's something that you guys should be doing. So here are the steps. Here, here are the steps. Um, step number one is you, you want to really um, do your due diligence. You want to look at the property, look at the condition of the property, um, look at the repairs of the property, and, and just make sure that it's a viable property for you to invest in, whether you're buying and holding, fixing and flipping, even wholesaling. Some people put to, some investors put together a um, subject to deal and they'll wholesale that deal. Someone wholesaled a subject to deal um, to me in Baltimore recently. And so that's the first step. You want to make sure that it's just a viable option um, for you. And then you want to verify the facts. And so when you're talking to the seller, the seller may say, I'm behind in the mortgage. You got to verify that. You need to get the mortgage statement. My mortgage payment is $1,300 a month. You've got to verify that. I, I do title searches, make sure that there's no liens or judgments on the property. You want to check for um, utilities, what they owe in utilities, especially the water bill. And um, even though the utilities convey with them, um, oftentimes I will bring the, if the numbers work, I will bring the mortgage, I mean, the utilities current because I'm responsible for the utilities after they sign the um, subject to agreement. I also pay the utilities on the property because now it's basically it's my property. Um, I take a look at the closing costs. What's the closing cost going to be? Um, I still do the Mayo formula, you guys. So the numbers have to work in the Mayo formula. There's not as many numbers because you're not the, the beauty of a subject to deal is it's not two two closings. Ordinarily on an investment deal, you're going to buy the property and that's a closing. You're going to renovate the property and then you're going to sell the property. That's another closing on a subject to deal. There's just one. It's just one settlement. So you're only paying settlement costs, transfer taxes on um on one transaction when you actually sell the property and so um i also get them to to sign a um an authorization letter um authorizing um the bank to release information to me so i want them to sign that so that i can verify um everything that they say so that's that's um step number two step number three is you want to determine your exit strategy once all the numbers fit and they agree to do a subject to deal, now what's your strategy? Are you going to do the subject to deal and hold the property? Are you going to flip the property? Most, most of the properties I flip uh, because I want to get in and out. We'll talk about some of the pros and cons of doing subject to, but um, there is something called a do on sale clause that the lender, there's a clause in every mortgage where the lender can actually call the loan. Um, even though you have a 30 year loan, if they see that title has exchanged or um, you're doing a subject to and someone's taken over the payments, they can say, no, I want the total balance of that loan due now. That's that's that that means calling the loan. So they can call the loan and say that the total balance of the loan is due now title is exchanged or you're doing a subject to deal and someone else is taking over the mortgage. Um, 
So that's one of the cons of doing a subject two. It's ne I've never seen it happen. Lender just wants their money. So as long as you brought the mortgage current and are making the payments, I've never in, in almost 30 years of investing seen them call it long. They're, they're almost shooting themselves in the foot. They just want you to make the payments. And sometimes they even know that this is what you're doing. Um, and so I've never seen them call alone. And so um, so part of the exit strategy is to either flip the property, buy and hold. I had a property in Montgomery County um, probably 15 years ago. Um, a, a guy came to me. His house was getting ready to go to foreclosure. It was a townhouse in Olney, Maryland. And I took a look at the property. I did my due diligence. I ran my numbers. Numbers were tight, but I said to myself, this is in Montgomery County, Maryland. Um, it's getting great appreciation. The numbers are really tight now, but his mortgage payment is low. I can actually rent this property for two years, make five or $600 a month in positive cash flow. And then within that two years, the property is going to appreciate. I can sell it then. So I set up my um, subject to agreement with him to actually hold the property. I was going to hold the property for two years. I was going to rent it out for two years. I paid him money up front. I paid him money on the back end when he came to settlement. I would give him an update on the property every about every quarter. Um, I actually rented out Section 8. I rented it out Section 8 for two years, had a great cash flow. And as I suspected, the property actually did appreciate. And on that property, um, I paid him. I think I paid him um, $5,000 on the front end. And I actually paid him $15,000 on the back end um, because I knew the property was going to appreciate and be worth more because I was going to do some improvements. And so he, he got his money, a total of $20,000. And on that property, not only did I get the cash flow, it was five or $600 a month. Um, I actually sold a property and made $80,000 um, by holding it for two years. I never put up any credit. I didn't have to go out and get a loan. Um, other than paying him the money up front and doing some improvements, um, the, the tenants paid the utilities. I really didn't have to come out of my pocket with, with, with much of anything. And so that was a great subject to deal for me. So you guys can actually do subject to deals um, on buying holds. Again, it's a little risky because um, you just don't know what the seller is going to do. I mean, the bank can, can utilize the do on sale clause. An another risk factor is that that seller can actually file bankruptcy. Now, you know, now you're doomed. So it's risky. That's why probably 90% of the time I'll, I'm in and out. I want to get in, bring that mortgage current, flip that property within 90 days and pay off that mortgage. And then I'm out. And then another benefit of doing a um, subject two is there's no seasoning rule. Um, seasoning means you're going to buy the property and most of the lenders um, want you to hold that property at least for 90 days before you actually get a contract. They want that, that property, that, that new loan, um, the property to season. So they want it to season for 90 days. You can't sell for 90 days. Um, on a subject two, you don't have to you don't have to worry about that because um, you know you didn't buy it in the beginning. You're you're doing a subject two, so you're not actually buying the property. I mean, you are buying a property, but that but that loan stays in that seller's name. Um, so there's no seasoning rule on um, 
on subject twos. All right, so you've, you've figured out exactly what you want to do with the property. Then you start preparing the documents. Now, I get an attorney. I have an attorney that prepares my subject two. Um, he's got everything, all the disclosures that are in there. Um, I own a real estate company. Um, just everything, everything that you can think of is in my subject to contract. And we get them to sign it. We get the seller to sign it. We offer um, them the ability to want to get um, an attorney. Um, 100% of my subject to deals are off off market deals. So there's realtors aren't um, aren't included in these in these deals. And so we give them an opportunity to have an attorney look at look at the contract before they sign it and honestly most don't they read it i explain um, i disclose everything the golden rule especially if you're um, a real estate agent um, or like my agent investors got to disclose the, the key is disclose 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 on a subject too and so we go through all of that um, in preparing the documents we get them to sign the documents and then we finalize the transaction. We get the documents to the lender, our lender, and we use an investor-friendly title company. I said lender, I meant title company. And so our, our title company um, is investor-friendly, um, celebrates settlement. So they're used to subject to deals. And so uh, we give them the contract. They've already ran a title search for us, check for liens, judgments, um, to make sure everything looks good. And then we go to settlement. And in some cases, we actually go to settlement within a week, sometimes two weeks. It's that short it's because, you know, there's no real financing involved. So on a subject two, it's it's not uncommon to go to settlement in a week, especially like that first scenario I gave you guys. Um, they were getting ready to go to foreclosure in three weeks. So we uh, we got them under contract title company, um, did a title search, uh, liens, judgments. Um, what a lot of investors do is um, they actually record the contract or they put a lien on a, um, on a property. They put what's called a list pendants on a property. So that's what I would recommend putting, putting a lien on a property, putting a lien um, equivalent equivalent to the money that you're actually going to be putting out. Um, I would put a lien or probably double the money that you're going to be putting out. So I would put, I, the way I do mine is I put a lien on the property. And then when we sell, I release the lien. So when we sell the property, I release the lien. That's, that's how I do it. Um, I don't put my name on the title. I know a lot of other investors do to me. It's just, it's just an, you know, it's just an added cost. So that's, so I just put, I have a title company help me put a lien on the property. And that's how I know that they can't sell the property from up under me. Once we go to closing, now we go to work. We renovate the property. Um, you want to try to get insurance, either add it to the seller's insurance, um, uh, property insurance, or you can get a, a non-owner occupied insurance policy. And so I've done both. I've been added to the insurance their existing insurance, or I've gotten a non-owner occupied insurance policy equivalent to what many would call like a renter's insurance. And so I, I actually get, get that. Um, and then you, you renovate the property, you market the property, you get a buyer 
and then you call your seller and they come to settlement and again i put a line item on the settlement statement for them on what we've agreed to whether it's five thousand ten thousand fifteen thousand um and then i put a line item for my company um and so we do the calculation to see what the profit is and so whatever is left over and it says it in 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 our subject to agreement in the contract it says that let's say we agree to give the seller on the on the back end fifteen thousand dollars it said the profit will be divided as such the seller will get um the first fifteen thousand and my entity will get the rest and of course i've done my due diligence to make sure that the numbers are going to work for me and it'll be a line item for me on the settlement sheet on exactly what i get so that that's a subject too um you might be asking why does a seller why would they do this why does the seller uh, why would they go into a subject to agreement um they could be facing foreclosure sickness death divorce um, change of jobs behind on their payments uh, we had another lady um, not too long ago in landover maryland who she was getting ready to lose her house and didn't have the didn't have the money to bring it current didn't have the money to fix the property and so a lot of um agents went in the house wouldn't sell investors went in they did the traditional mayo formula and the numbers didn't work for them um i was referred to them i went in i looked at it and said okay well if i don't have to um buy the property up front then i'll save on closing costs i'll save on points and interest rates i'll save on down payment um I don't have to include those numbers in my mail formula if i can renovate the property for in this case it needed fifty thousand dollars worth of work i looked at the mortgage balance everything just kind of lined up for me to do a subject too because i could save all that money whereas other investors looked at it the traditional way and the numbers just didn't work close but didn't work and i gave them this proposal i'll bring your mortgage current I'll pay you $5,000 for the opportunity and I'll give you another $5,000 on the back end. I'll renovate the property. You come to settlement, you'll get the 5,000 on the back end. Um, I'll buy the property subject to the existing mortgage. I'll bring it current. They weren't that far behind and I'll make the payments. The um, whole transaction took, took 90 days, um, a little less than 90 days. And I made $50,000 on, on the deal by really changing my mindset and really looking at the opportunity and all the different options um, that that opportunity presented itself. And so as an investor, um, that's what you're going to have to do. You've got to look at these opportunities. And so I start, I actually start with the non-traditional ways, with creative financing strategies. I start um, kind of as a, as a frame of reference with you know, can this property, can I buy this property subject to? Uh, will the owner um, take back a mortgage and do owner financing? Would it be better for me to do a lease option? Can I get a private investor involved to help me with the deal? So I actually start off looking for creative financing strategies. And if everything fails, then I'll look to do it the traditional way. 
of, of investing. Um, some pros and cons. Here's, here's what we like about subject two. There's no credit check, like I said. There's no, no loan applications, no waiting. There's, there's just no stress. It's a fast sale. You can sell fast, quick, um, and the profits are higher because you're saving so much money on not having to go out and get a loan. You're saving money on a, a lot of us use hard money loans where the hard money lender is going to charge. Um, they charge points up front. They, they charge um, every every time they issue a draw, they charge for that. And they, they charge for someone actually to come out and take a look. Um, so there's just so, so many fees that you save by doing a subject to and keeping that existing mortgage on the property. The um, paperwork is simple, um, quick and easy. That's what we love. That's what we love about subject to. I, I, I had a buddy of mine that had rented out a property. He had been renting a property um, for about five or six years. It was a townhouse in Fort Washington, Maryland. Um, agent listed the property, couldn't sell the property. Investors took a look at the property um, and passed on a property because number one, there was a tenant in the property. And then number two, the house just needed a whole lot of work. But they didn't ask him the right questions. And so he actually called me, saw me on social media. He, he gave me a call. He said, can you take a look at the property? Um, it's it's on the market, but I can't sell it. Can you call? Can you come in and tell me why I can't sell it? I'd known him for years. Um, so I said, I'll, I'll come. I'll come take a look and try to help you out. I took a look at the property. Um, I asked him all the right questions. I said, what's your mortgage balance? What's your mortgage payment? How far behind are you? And well, the tenant was probably two months behind, just two months behind his mortgage payment was only like $1,200. That's $2,400. And so when I took a look at everything, here's what I proposed to him. I said, um, and I'm just being transparent. I said, if you get rid of that agent, if you can get the tenants out, I will buy your property subject to the existing mortgage. I'll bring your mortgage current. He, he said to me, I just want out. You know, my wife is nagging me. Um, the tenants are friends of mine. I really don't want to put them out, but I have to because they haven't paid. Um, I just want out. I just want out of this situation. I can't seem to sell it. We don't have the money to fix it up. I said, um, get a release from your agent. If you can get the tenants out, I'll bring the mortgage current, which was only two months um, of payments. I'll renovate the property. I'll pay you up front for the opportunity, $5,000. So I wanted to give some type of consideration. And so I gave him $5,000 up front. I said, when you come to settlement, I'll give you another $5,000. He just wanted out. He didn't want to make any money. In this scenario, he's going to make $10,000. And so he did all that. He got a release from his agent. He finally got the tenants out. I went over there. The tenants had moved out. And they did a good job actually moving out. Um, they didn't leave a lot of stuff. I was, you know, we we're going to demo the property anyway. This property took about $30,000 worth of work. But when I ran my formula, the Mayo formula, maximum allowable offer, 
the numbers just worked for me. They just worked. I was like, how come everybody else couldn't see this? The numbers worked. And gave them the 5000 We renovated the property. On that property, the after repair value was $250,000. I remember. I remember. It was two. No, the after repair value was two thirty. After repair value was two thirty. Um, when I went under contract with him, while we were renovating the property, the next door neighbor sold their property for two fifty, and it appraised for two fifty. I was like, okay, all right, two fifty. I'm getting ready to make an extra twenty thousand dollars. So we hurried up and we renovated the property. We put it on the market, got a contract within two or three days at 250. At, no, actually, you know, yeah, 250 seller paying no closing costs. So I added another $20,000 to my bottom line on this subject to deal, which was already, uh, um, you know, a sweet deal for me. And so seller had i mean a buyer had a home inspection for informational purposes only i didn't have to do anything there um we went to settlement my buddy this is this is happy as he could be he, he came to settlement him and his wife they walked away with five thousand dollars in this case i walked away with ninety thousand dollars on this deal ninety thousand dollars he was happy um didn't have a foreclosure um, had some late payments, but I saved his credit. He just wanted to get out. Um, he called me, he thanked me. Um, he didn't have the money to do the renovations. Um, he was just happy to list the property and just break even. In this case, I, I took the risk on, um, putting it on the contract and, and spending the money to renovate. I made my money. He made his money. That's a subject to deal. Both parties parted happily, happily. And so you may think on a subject to deal like any other deal where you kind of made out. I took the risk, though. I, I spent the money uh, where he didn't have the money. And he was he was happy for the opportunity. And so um, that's subject to. And that's how you have to look at it. I didn't take advantage of him. He didn't feel like it. He actually felt like I did him a favor and and I feel like I did. And, and he was happy and I was happy. And that's real estate investing. Real estate investing is not necessarily taking advantage of people. It's coming to their need, um, supplying the needs um, that they have and, and in some cases coming to their rescue and uh, having an answer for their problems. And so as a real estate investor, you, you, that's what you have to do. And subject two is the way. All right. So um, with the subject two deal, just to kind of kind of reiterate, um, the steps are to find a property, find an investment property, um, do the marketing to get these properties. Um, calling pre foreclosure lists is, is a good way um, to, to get these deals. Um, absentee owners, lots of absentee owners. This guy was an absentee owner. Absentee owners is a great way to get subject to deals. Just branding yourself, networking, doing those types of things, posting on social media. That's a good way of getting subject to um, deals. 
And so landlords, vacant and abandoned properties, all those types of deals you should be marketing to. You can't have the excuse that I don't have the money. I don't have the credit to get a loan with the subject to deal. You don't need a lot of cash and no one's checking your credit. And so there's no excuse. So steps, do your due diligence, do your marketing, find these leads, find these uh, motivated sellers, check out the condition of the property, verify the facts, make sure that um, the mortgage balance is what it is. Um, there's no liens on the property, no judgments on the property. Um, I even get permission um, and authorize get them to sign an authorization letter so that I can actually talk to the lender just to verify everything. So you want to verify all the facts and you want to run your numbers. You want to do the Mayo formula to make sure despite the troubles that they're in, all the numbers still work. All the numbers fit into. So I take the mortgage balance. Um, then I put on top of the mortgage balance, their rearage in that last scenario, they were two months behind. So let's just say it was $1,200 so $2,400. I put the $2,400 on top of um, the back payments on top of the mortgage balance. And so that's what I use as the mortgage balance. And then I run my formula there. I, I'll take a look at the repair costs. I'll, I'll estimate the repair costs. And then I'll do you know 70% of the after repair value minus repair costs. And let's say that in in that in that scenario, let's let's say the Mayo maximum allowable offer. Let's say my offer is should be let's say 150. If the mortgage balance and the arrearage that I've got to put up and the money that I've got to, I have to pay the seller, if it's equal to that 150 or less than that 150, then it's a good deal. And then if my after repair value is you know, 300, then I know I'm probably going to make about 20% of the 300, about $60,000 on that deal. And so those, so you got to get the facts verified, determine your exit strategy. Are you going to hold? Um, are you going to flip? I would highly recommend flipping. If you are a wholesaler, you don't have a lot of experience flipping, then package it all up. I will help you. And you can wholesale a subject to deal. I see it all the time. Um, prepare your documents. I get an attorney to um, prepare my documents. I get a title company, investor-friendly title company to run my title search, um, check for judgments, things like that. Finalize the um, transaction. Um, get a buyer, go to closing, um, and then you're off, off and running. You're off and running. All right, you guys, subject to investing should be a tool in your toolkit. As I said, I look at that first. Whenever I'm called to look at a property, I look at it first. I was called to look at a property in Capitol Heights last week. Um, first thing I thought of is, you know, will, will, will you do a subject too? And they said no. And But the numbers work um, to do it the traditional way. And so I'm getting a hard money loan and then still, still creative financing. I'm getting a hard money loan for acquisition and rehab, and I'm getting a private lender um, to pay my closing costs. So I'm actually flipping this property using none of my own money. You've got to get with the creative financing, you guys. Subject two is the best, but there's other options as well. All right, you guys, um, you can go to Instagram if you need to ask me any questions, or you can just follow me. 
at uh, Greg Bennett Invest. Follow me on my YouTube channel. Um, this this podcast will actually go to my YouTube channel, um, or if you may be here on my um, my Facebook Live. All right, you guys, let's make some money. There's lots of opportunities coming towards the end of the year because of uh, COVID. COVID and the moratorium lifted on foreclosures. Uh, there'll be lots of short sales, uh, lots of pre-foreclosures, lots of opportunity to do subject to. Take care, you guys. God bless, and I will talk to you soon. Have a productive day.